This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boy came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got the power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd. Here with me, I have Rich Lotta. What's going on, man? Nothing much, man. Just uh, ready to talk about some pro wrestling and uh, coming off this Halloween weekend. Uh, would you dress up as James? Myself? I don't, <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I thought about like halfway, like maybe I should get like a pair of pink overall, light pink overalls and a white T-shirt. But that's really about where I left it. At. Like, yeah, I, I basically I didn't. like blue pencil just because it's like eh, whatever that's it i I, I didn't dress as anything had i done a costume i probably would have dressed as a cobra kai person but i just totally forgot to get a costume so i would order me the black gi and you know (laughs) put a headband on or something wow yeah man i'm never i can't blast my dress up for halloween uh i think the most i ever did i think the most i've done in like the last decade is like oh i'll just I'll grab my old Randy Moss jersey and throw it on. Whatever. Like, <laughs> leave it at that. I'm not going any further. Than that. I'm good. Like, I, I, have, I have very little effort into my Russell, into my uh, Halloween uh, attire. Hey, just just got to dress as RNs, you know. <laughs> Put the scrubs on? Oh, no. okay. Not no. register nurses, but the other RN. Gotcha. 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 You gotcha. Um, but that's every yeah. day, you know. Yeah. 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 I saw, uh, I think MJF had a tweet saying that, like, everybody hates, most people hate their lives, so, like, uh, so this is why you dress up, because mm-hmm. you want to escape from your shitty lives. I was like, my God, just throw you people on that one. Just throw, <laughs> that, that, I know Vince saw that, I'm like, God damn, he's the, he's just the best. <laughs> just the best. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, um, yeah, uh, you mentioned it, uh. Because we have the, the Twitch on, you mentioned our little preview for what we were going to do on the show. So, um, yeah, we're going to have Ring of Honor talk. Lot, I'm assuming a good deal of it. Uh, the AEW uh, weekly shows, and then we'll transition over to Stardom um, to talk about their preview, uh, talk about their pay per view that's going to happen um, Tuesday night, Wednesday, their time. So, um, yeah, I guess we start with Ring of Honor. Um, effective. Um, Last week, uh, they released everyone from their contracts. Um, they will pay everybody out through the rest of the year, but everyone was uh, more or less uh, relieved of their contract- contractual obligations to Ring of Honor at this moment. 
and they can and all everybody is now a free agent. Um, and the word is that there is a retooling for the idea of what they're going to do with Ring of Honor, or this. And a lot of people think heck concerns is maybe the uh, the the beginning of the end of Ring of Honor, the death nail. And other people think their re-imaging is going to be more like a you know something similar to like a all like a super indie PWG type of thing where they just pick matches and be a super match type of promotion for the time being. Um, well, the word is that they want to uh, have a shows up in uh, do shows by April, but um, that's a lot of um, time between now and then. And the immediate aftermath, I guess, Rich, uh, what were your thoughts on that news when it came Man. across last uh, last week? Shocking. Um, you never like expect to say here something like everyone has been released like <laughs> like you know you can hear a company folds or something like that right but everyone has been released because it, it came in like two doses like oh we sent out that press release right mm-hmm. and then i was like uh-oh that don't look good right like, someone they were suspending operations and then they're coming back with final battle and then they'll reevaluate in the future i'm like this sounds like hey Monday Nitro is going on suspension. We will be back with WCW The Big Bang, uh, which, you know, to let me check my notes, never happened. <laughs> um, but when I like seven minutes later, Davis said, just just put the bomb on the timeline. Yeah, all wrestlers have been released from their contracts. I was like, <gasps> and immediately I started thinking about who I wanted to see where immediately. Um, and I was like, well, ROH is like lined up to his. We talked about the and, and to be fair to ROH, this is a, this looks to be more of a Sinclair thing. Like they've finally kind of like looked around and been like, hey, we put a lot of money into this, and but we're not going to put any more money into this than we need to at this point because supporting the wrestlers and honoring their contracts all throughout the pandemic has finally like caught up with them. They can't draw anymore what, what they have. Um, they can't draw in Maryland and they are like when I heard about they were doing empty arena tapings and not allowing people because uh, they didn't want fans because of they didn't want spoilers getting out. I was like, that's dumb. And and that lines up in the line of our wish mismanagement, which goes back to I mean, you, you can pick a, a number of reasons like why ROH was like headed down from yeah. like 2018 like they're too small to be big too big to be small at a certain point they didn't want to go all in the way how uh, the elite wanted them to or at least cody and the young bucks um you know bully ray was in charge of a lot of stuff which is hilarious the madison square taven uh just killing le- towns left and right their ticket maps looked horrible um and these are just like other reasons this isn't even the business of it this is just like your perception with fans uh bully ray go be a fan bringing fans backstage to talk to them and shit like that and it's just like i don't think they have like a lot of goodwill but the history of roh if, if this is over like this is a massive loss to um the history of wrestling because you know i'm gonna just say it like you know the post wcw era uh post ecw era like the backbone of like, you know, finding the next great wrestlers was in ROH. Um, 
you know, like you're, you're talking about work rate. You're talking about dudes that have really carried the hardcore scene. You can go right down the line. CM Punk, Brian Downson, Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, AJ Styles. Um, the the list goes on. Nigel Seth, McGinnis. Nigel McGinnis, Seth Rollins, or Tyler Black, whatever they called him back in the day. Yeah. Um, you know, the Bucks, uh, Kevin Steen, El Generico, Kenny Omega, Cesaro, Cesaro Kings of Wrestling, yeah. fucking um, having Joe and Kabashi in their promotion. Like, um, they, you know, they were the blueprint for NXT to essentially, like, you know, try to sanitize, and cause that was the original thing NXT was competing with, trying to run the same buildings as them, and basically put ROH on a budget. And then the cool stuff ROH had going on in like 2014 and 15, they were getting New Japan guys to come over. Like ROH, like like their tape library, you got to think is going to be in high demand from somebody. I don't want it to fall into Peacock personally because Peacock sucks for one, and I don't know. I, I'd rather I rather it go elsewhere. I mean, personally, uh, like I don't know how this all works as far as streaming deals and and whatnot, as far as contracts and stuff. Because like uh, I think one of the things that's holding back Stardom, um, the pretty much the only thing holding Stardom, uh, Stardom back uh, from West perspective, is the fact that like they can't go live because their streaming is tied up to a contract. Like they can't just buy out Stardom World and or or whoever is their server and all that kind of stuff and say we're fuck that we're going live. They can't because they're tied to a contract for another year or two. So, um, mm. but, um, so like I wonder like if you know depending on how all this stuff works, obviously you know get, get, have to have the right people to bring it into your infrastructure and all that kind of stuff. Like in theory, I mean, there's a there's at least some possibility that. A you know a or you know AW or Tony Khan can come to some type of agreement and um, then be able to have like their on demand site like right there like Honor Club can transition into could potentially transition into whatever they call the Elite Club whatever the hell they call it whatever else and they could be have their on demand service um, and given that it's only been a two years worth of uh, content or well three years worth of content roughly. Uh, it could be a transition where it's like, all right, now we just upload this stuff here and just add it into, and then just end. It's basically at the place where all out, or sorry, all in it was. So um, we'll see where that goes. I'm not saying I'm saying it potentially, uh, but yeah, um, it's 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 wild that this happened um, to me. Like I, they basically got done in by them treating the wrestlers better than everybody else treated their wrestlers during the pandemic. That's what got them. And um, in the long run, and maybe uh, this is all inevitable, probably was, but it does suck that like treating the wrestler as well as you can is more or less what got them where they are right now for the past year in change. Um, uh, I, you know, when people were, you know, talking about last week, um, a lot of people that are, WWE apologists are talking about how come um, people aren't you know on their ass oh, by them going out of business because of WWE's because uh, of them you know releasing a bunch of wrestlers during the pa- or you know or whatever I else saw that and, dumb I, and shit. I was like these aren't the same things like Ring of Honor was not pulling in record profit as, well, as they're cutting groups of people 
Uh, Mind you, these same people were saying they don't even care if it's they they don't care about the fact that it's not the same thing. So they just really wanted to hurl their body in front of WWE. Yeah, even though it had nothing to do with WWE at the time, it was just at like, all this thing that uh, this company I did uh, that I like did something really uh, shitty, and this other company is. Uh, is come down on some really big woes, so I'm just going to try to equivocate something that can't be equivocated. <laughs> it's, it's weird, um, but yeah, um, I think the main thing is like the lineage and legacy of, of pro wrestling the last 20 years, and it's all mostly, I think, probably more than the promotion. Like Vanguard for hardcore wrestling fans has been basically like uh, carried on or started. Uh, by Ring of Honor, like, if we're going to look back, like, you know, probably five, ten years from now, we're going to say that, like, Ring of Honor is like that, you know, like, if you're, if it's like a sports team, if it's a sports team, you think of it as a lot, as far as, like, uh, you think of it as, like, this is, like, the the years that were, like, that Ring of Honor held, held it down, like, they were, like, the bridge guys to get to something greater, like, right, like, WCW closes down, TNA starts up is not isn't it it's okay has really good stuff but ultimately doesn't work out but like the, the long the thing that held it all together until you get to NXT and then you know 2015 was streaming and then um, AEW is ultimately Ring of Honor um, I mean you can look at that up and down WWE's roster up and down AEW's roster it it is them um, and you know. We're going to look back at that that time and look back at, you know, go through the match guides and whatever. We'll see, you know, everybody's from, you know, like this last quarter century, pretty much every American wrestler that came through that bitch, um, a good chunk of their best matches were in this place. And like, we're going to look back and it's like, is this like our, you know, 90s all Japan, our, you know, 90s all Japan women's type thing. Um, so that's kind of neat. But it does, as you mentioned, it just does suck that, like, they're gone because so many people, like, you want more place for people to go. Like, even if you don't watch it, but you got to see, you want to see places where people can go and, and they all get time to, you know, on some level, be the <clears throat> best wrestlers they can be. Um, and eventually end up wherever they end up based off their careers or lifestyles or whatever else. But, like, it sucks that, like, there's another, there a place shut down. Um, so Especially they were giving out, like, like big money was still behind them. Like these people were getting yeah. like contracts. Like they didn't have to work jobs. Like these just like, um, you know, they had their own big payroll uh, to yeah. say to say the least. Yeah, I mean, especially going back to 2019, like they, you know, people were in. They were competing for people, like getting getting Rush in, keeping Lethal around, like Taven, Bandito. Yeah. Like they they kept people, um, and that's one less place now, and and that stinks. And hopefully, you know, whatever revamp or re re imaging they have, um, people can still come in and still you know put stats up in a way and make money. It's gonna be a really big adjustment. Um, if it's like PWG East, that would be interesting. Um, I think they would have to lean hard into. Uh, their legacy it, ironically i i could see it going the way of like the nwa where they have like a champion and that person is like you know they may have a deal with ring of honor mm-hmm. but 
you're bringing in people to fight that person and stuff like that. I don't know. Like, I, I think there's a lot of different ways it can go. I don't know if that necessarily excites me because then, like, I don't know. They're they're really operating in secrecy there, and you know, there's there's nothing wrong with like them working us and all that. But it's like, well, if this person's not signed, so like how like your your championship is never under a real threat. So mm-hmm. I feel like they need to probably commit themselves to a smaller core of wrestlers going forward. And I don't know. I pick like three or four guys, and then you know, go however you want to go with it. Like uh, always, they were doing a lot of work uh, with their women's division trying to get it going and Maria Canellis was in a position where she was like the executive producer of that division so that's like one less job and one less person like being able to learn like booking and you know dealing with personalities and stuff like that yeah um, and also think about it like this like how many women executives have we had ever in American wrestling slim mid-major to higher it'd be what Stephanie, Brandy, Maria Canellis, uh, probably Mickey James at this point. Yeah. Um, at the mid, I, I at the mid really major level much. and higher, that's that's the only ones that come to my mind. I'm, Dixie might, Carter. Yes, Dixie. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people, you know, they feel like she was a figurehead when they came to that. So, um, but whatever. Like, it's very, you know, it's very, very slim pickings for fifty percent of the fucking population. Yeah. Um, so like some of the wrestler fallout, so the people that are involved would be like um like Bandito, Roosh, Messia Del Ring, Kenny King, Brody King, Dalton Castle, Dragon Lee, EC3, Demonic Flamita, Flip Gordon, Mark and Jay Briscoe, Jay Lethal, Jonathan Gresham, Josh Woods, Mike Bennett, Matt Taven, Maria, uh PCO, PJ Black, Ray Horse, Shane Taylor, and Shane Taylor Promotions, and Roosh. So mm-hmm. um Bruce actually had a comment. He said, "Who's the most sought after person now?" In a, vac- in a vacuum, or for our personal taste? Don't I, I don't know. I guess give us both. <laughs> um, I think it would probably be like Gresham, given the year he's had. Um, in America, and Game Changer, and everything. Um, yeah, he said personal. Now, person, oh, personal. I mean, it's either Gresham or, I mean, it's three people that come to mind immediately. It's it's Gresham, it's Brody King, and it's and it's, uh, well, Bandito. Uh, those would be the th- three. If I had a fourth, I would also say uh, I'll say Dragon Slash for you, Lee, because like he's in my opinion, he's the best of those four um, in the in the ring. And like I, I, I need I need a Dragon Lee in in, in Ray Phoenix match somewhere, some point, anywhere. Let's put on tape that gets like 15 plus minutes. I need that. Like the world needs that. So, um, but yeah, like just uh, immediately those are the four that come to mind for me from a personal perspective. Like I think those four are excellent wrestlers and like I think of where they could end up in some of the situations that could be in, in like who doesn't want to see like the Brody King and uh, Malachi Black tag team like from PWG like on AEW wreaking havoc. It'd be fucking awesome. Like he could walk in and be his number two in his faction right now. Right. The house um, black. Like for me is Bandito. Um, yeah. I've been enthralled with Bandito from the first time I've <laughs> ever watched him. You were wearing a Bandito shirt on Saturday when I saw you. Yes, I was wearing a Bandito shirt over the weekend. <laughs> um like I, I think 
there's tons of money to be made with him. Uh, merchandising, the masks, um, the mariachi entrances. Like, there's like so much dope shit you can do with him. Uh, he's, I don't know, he's strong as hell. He's a flyer. He's uh, like just just a boss all all, all around. Yeah. And like, um, yeah, that that would be my guy uh, there. I would. I like I, I need to see Kenny versus Bandito. Uh that that's what I like to see. Yeah, and is. also, you know, Bandito was in the main event of all in. Um so it's yeah. like it's his natural I, I think it's the natural home for him in America at this point. Wasn't Abushi in there too? In Ray? Yep. Yeah, so uh yeah, that was an eight man or that was an eight man. Six man. Six man? Six man. It was the Bucks and Kota Ibushi against Phoenix, Bandito, and Ray. Okay, there you go. I for, I forgot that I forgot that Penta wrestled Omega. Yeah. That's, yeah. Okay. Um. So I don't know. Like I it, I think WWE being so outward kind of about their philosophy change may take some of these people. Um. Like it may hurt you know, a few of them, but I feel like they could turn around on that in a dime if they feel like they're going to lose out on um, a talent war, because if it's one thing they want to do, it's compete. Um, I could definitely see them throwing money at Shane Taylor and Shane Taylor promotions. Uh, I don't really see Roosh or any of the Mexican guys going there um, because I'm, I'm sure they got horror stories from, from Andrade. They got <laughs> like, hell no. Like that ain't, it, it ain't, it ain't quite, you know, rolling there. Yeah. Um, um, you got, you got the Andrade stuff. You got, um, like, I mean, you got the Garza's, the Garza, the Garza cousins. Um, like they might have that spot. I mean, who you know, are they? they like, yeah, and also there's, you know, there's gonna be they have a quote on on you know international folk so um, and minorities so it, it's a uh, you know obviously you know Grandmother Leak ain't the person to talk to for that but if you want to get correct if, like if like they'd be like hey take his phone out your number <laughs> or take your take his <laughs> take your uh, your number out his phone um, yeah so I mean who besides uh, besides Phantasma and Ray, are there are there any of our are, and Raquel? It seems like those are only those are only uh, Mexican brothers and sisters that are treated pretty well. It's, everybody else seems to be like, eh, whatever. They just here. Yeah, I mean, and Phantasma is just hanging around NXT 2.0 at this point. So yeah. like, and he's older, and it's like he speaks great English. It's like, why haven't they called him up? Hmm. Um. So I don't I don't want to get I know we got the pyramids in the background, but I'm not gonna go too crazy on the conspiracy <laughs> theories here. Um but yeah, uh I I don't know about the Briscoes. Uh they've got, you know, stuff they're very vocal, I believe, on Twitter and they've uh, been the subject of some uh I guess you know their own doing comments they've made on the internet before. Jay Lethal, I don't know, he might be untouchable. Um might be. Yeah, I I don't know have the uh, whole story on that. Uh, I'm hearing Matt Mike Bennett is is much improved um, according to Jeremy Donovan of keeping it strong style. So uh, if you disagree, go holla at him. Uh, <laughs> 
But uh, I, I could see any number of these guys getting showing up on dark. Like if Tony Nese is showing up on dark, yeah. Like any of these, like you know, good workers can show up somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, like PJ Black seems like he 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 be he be on. I mean, to be honest, like PJ Black and Willer Yuta, like obviously their games are different, but like you you could swap them out or you could add to it and be like, look, make them a tag team. They're they look they look similar. They have a similar look, and that'd be kind of the thing. That'd be kind of be it. Obviously, they wrestle different, but early. I mean, the last time I saw PJ Black, they they wrestle different. Um, you know, so he's we, always we, injured, so he might change his game we, up. We, we can we can pick uh, some of these dudes and give them the Bobby Fish Make a Wish uh, three week <laughs> push in AEW. <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, that's what he's about to get. Yeah, so. Uh, needs at least he's starting on dark, so we'll see where it goes with him. But uh, I, I'm I've always been a fan of Tony Nese, so um, yeah. But that's that's gonna wrap it up for that for the RH portion. But uh, Dynamite and Rampage uh, this week is their Halloween edition of uh, Dynamite, and it was I, I thought it had a couple good matches on there, um, and it was a uh, it was a pretty good show. So uh, we started, it was uh, CM Punk's debut uh, against Bobby Fish. And man, Bobby Fish off my TV. Um, yeah, anytime you can go out there and have a great match, you got to get the fuck off TV. Got to. Yeah, hollow, put me to sleep. Put look, There was a GTS in the match. They put me to sleep before that. <laughs> um, yeah, this was all right. Um, it, it it was cool. Um, weird finish. Sam Punk staring lasers through the referee, so something went went wrong. I don't I don't know what happened, but Bobby Fish was kicking out at three point one. First thing I immediately I went to thinking was, are they trying to protect Bobby Fish? What is going on here? And if that was the case, I would probably be furious. But, um. Besides that, like, I think it may have been like it was supposed to be like a foot on the rope or it was like a long cell cover thing. So something something went weird and wonky at the end, but it was all right. Yeah. uh, Another very good match by Bobby Fish. Like, I think he's had, what, four or five matches and like uh, aside of aside from when he squashed, I think it was who did he squash uh, that led to this match? Anthony Green. Yeah, aside from Anthony Green match, like every match he's had have been at worst like a good match to a very good or even like kick ass match. So for me, um, whatever you know, uh, I've enjoyed him when he's been on TV. Like I don't know what Rich's thing is about like getting this guy off TV for having good matches. I don't know. Like I I don't know what he thinks the going rate is in AEW for for quality matches, but whatever. Um, we'll see where he ends up. Um, he's probably going to be shoved off to dark for a while and then, you know, ends up in a faction. Like, he, he's probably, it'd be funny to see him with, um, with, um, uh, what's your boy's name? Avalon and them. It'd be fun to see him with it, with them, you know, cause they, they kind of do need an old head besides JD Drake, like a one that we actually oh, no, like, <laughs> recognize actually old. Like, Bobby Fish, like, the thing isn't with him, it just isn't just his age, it's also the fact, like, he's been in Ring of Honor and all that in places forever. So, like, he, he, he he feels how he looks as opposed to someone like JD Drake who like has been off the radar for for before he finally got on in AEW. Yeah, um but 
beyond that, um, Malachi Black played a video, um, talked about Cody, said he's turned his family against him and made the crowd hate him, said the house always wins. Um, got news for you, Malachi. Uh, so, like, if this was like a – say this was a hurricane, right? Say Category 5 hurricane, right? And Cody is the roof, right? Uh-huh. That roof was coming off anyway, my guy. Like, like, like you may have given like, you know, you have you may have blown and contributed to the category five, but it, it was headed that way already, Chief. As far as well, yes. Um, as far from perspective of his fan reaction, uh, yes. Um, as far as making it clear into where they have to make it part of the storyline, he is the tipping point. So for me, that's fine. I, I mean, I get what you're saying, but. Um, I think the main thing is um, between both of them, or especially with Cody right now, like he might want to be careful with trying to bring, you know, what the Twitter reaction to into his storylines, make it put it at the oh, forefront of what he's trying to, to tell. It. Because the further you get into the metaverse, if you will, uh, the worse it can go for you. Yeah, um, we're gonna get to it because, like, I got even more to say this week. Jesus. Um, is it because you saw that the episode that I was telling you about of the season finale of Rose to the Top? I, I did see that. Okay. Um, but the j- just the reaction to the promo, I, w- I was just baffled. Like, I was talking to friends in the business about it, and it was just like, what the fuck is going on? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, MJF did a squash, uh, fucking obliterates his jobber, and then, like, <laughs> this segment is fucking awesome. Yes, um, they basically uh, he he was killing Boston. Uh, he, he was doing the the accent and saying he was with everyone's mothers and hot MJF and all this shit. And I was screaming. Uh, after that, uh, Darby Champ broke out, and then he said he broke him mentally. And now that Darby's out of his hair, there's nothing stopping him from his destiny. After full gear, it doesn't matter if it's Omega or Page because MJF is future world champion uh they did a ruse with sting's music um but uh it stopped and then mjf cracked himself up if you notice uh spears and mjf are clearly clued in on this warlow is not he is standing ready ready for war um something else to watch yeah account of buddy yep and then uh, buddy i'm sorry and then the lights went out again and then everybody was like whoa hold on and then they played a video of darby allen uh, doing a drop kick on somebody dressed like MJF at uh, JPEG Mafia's concert. And the lights came back on, and Sting was in the ring, hit Warlow and Spears with a bat. Uh, then Darby Allen was sitting in the crowd dressed like Inspector Gadget. Um, and- <laughs> <laughs> that's what he, that's what, like, I, okay, everybody got their go to for trench coats, but uh, I, I was like, I saw the, the, the dude and I was like, is he supposed to be like the invisible man, like in the cause you know it's Halloween week or whatever, his trench coat, he has the the the, the wrapping over his face and he has glass. I'm like, is this supposed to be the uh the invisible man? But yeah, man, like I saw people say he he looked like he was Dick Trace Tracy. Um like I'm I'm sure if that uh that trench coat had been yellow, people would have been talking about he looked like Carmen San Diego. It, it was, you know, it was um it was all there because like who the fuck wears a trench coat in two thousand twenty one? People with guns. Um I guess so. Yeah. 
but uh Darby basically like unmasked. Uh that was pretty cool. Um and I feel like they've got to start printing these Darby half masks now. Like if, so he can wear his own mask and pull it off, you know. <laughs> oh, like, God. like just like Sting, you know, he can do that and we've got MJF versus Darby Allen. I love both of these guys. I am tuned in for this match. This is going to be fucking awesome. Um, yeah, another hot few for Darby Allen. Yeah, um, this was this was just perfect, just perfect. Um, and also keeps up my thing where like angry MJF is hilarious to me because like he looks so unthreatening while yelling, but like he's so <laughs> angry, but it's fucking hilarious to me. But uh, anyway, it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, MJF, MJF has been waiting for Derby for probably for a over a year at this point, right? To get again in a program with him and have a match with him. And Darby is one of the best storytellers, bell to bell, um, going right now. So um, they're gonna have a great match. There's not, there's no doubt in my mind. Um, so we got MJF versus a youth, you know, a yeah. fellow youth. Yeah. So MJF best matches tend to be with you know the four pillars, if you will, that he coined. Um, but yeah. uh, just in general. Um, it's going to be a great match. Um, I, I, and I don't know who I don't know who wins. I don't know who should win, but um, I'm expecting a great match, and I'm in. I'm, I'm in like you know Darby talking about his, you know them going through what they've gone through to get to this point. Uh, you know, it's funny because I thought his paper was actually going to be this this Saturday, but it's the Saturday after that. So I'm kind of upset. Like once I looked, it's like the thirteenth. Oh shit! But um. It's gonna. Be, I, I guess I'll wait one more week because um, I don't know if they really need to do anything else for this. But like, this is a super hot like mid card feud for a um, for a pay per view. It really is in program. This has been really really good television. Yeah, Sammy uh, defended the belt against Ethan Page. I like this match a lot. A lot of crazy good-ass shit match. they were doing. Uh, of course, Sammy with the damn shooting star press outside. Uh, Ethan Page solid as hell again. Uh, I, people don't like this guy. Um, I don't know. I I think he's pretty good, but I, mean, I I didn't know people didn't like him. Maybe people think that you know there's too many guys, so maybe he shouldn't be there. Maybe maybe that's what it is. But um, he's a great bully for smaller guys. He just is, and I mean obviously that was his mo on the on the Indies, like working intergender matches and working smaller guys like Darby, but. He's really great at just being a bully for small baby faces to, to be in peril and fight from underneath. Yes, and Sammy, Sammy went Nova in a, at the end of this match. He just he was just a human highlight reel. Um, and you know when they they teased the uh, the Ethan's Edge or whatever uh, he's calling his Razor Edge uh, off the second rope, and then he turned into a Ron at last second, um, or, or Avalanche Ron at the end. I was like. I figured that was what was going to happen. And like the way the crowd popped, I was like, it's a great finish. And then he kicked. And I was like, why the fuck would you kick out of that? Like that's in it right there. Um, but uh, they basically got back up. And then like the very next move was the finish. And I was like, what the fuck? Whatever. Uh, but um, yeah, they had, they had a very, 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 very good ass match. And um, I forgot what, what was the post match. Can you uh, remind me? Yeah. So they did a, um, uh, Post match beat down. Scorpio Sky came out. They whooped his ass, and the inner circle ran out to to Jericho's theme and Pyro. Um, 
<laughs> which is hilarious. Uh, Jericho cut a promo. He said he respects this guy that has beat him twice, but Paige only beats himself in his hotel room. Um, Sammy won, so there's going to be a five-on-five full-gear tag team match between America's top team and Inner Circle. It's going to be a Minneapolis street fight, and the Inner Circle next week will decide which members of America's top team to face. Lambert has to be in the match, unless they've got some surprise that I don't know about. Um, So, Brian Daniels and Eddie Kingston were backstage with Tony Schiavone. Uh, they faced off in the tournament. Kingston was pissed about Danielson's comments. He didn't even want to address the crowd. He looked directly at him, and he started talking about uh, mental health. And uh, he said he'd been going, you know, through whatever. And I, he don't even want to hear what Danielson got to say. And he walks off. Danielson wa- uh, looks in the camera. He says, you know, everybody got mental health issues. Uh, you know, I've been through it too, but I don't complain about it. And I was like, man, we got Brian bootstrap Danielson out here. What, what, is, what is going on here? Um, but yeah, so that was the setup their match, um, uh, which we will get to in a moment. <laughs> so, uh, the loser brothers backstage with Tony Giovanni, they voluntarily decided to put the belts on the line. Um, uh, so they're pretty much calling their shot against FTR, Hope their match is good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we seen them have a match was at the beginning of last year, and it was good, but given um, both of their team's reps, you would think this would be like this would have been one of the you know better tag matches um, of last year, and it was not. Uh, this is their spot where they can actually where they should have a match of that caliber. So um, all I know is like. If that match didn't go off the way that the match ain't great, like I know who I'm not going to blame. Yeah, I'm. It, we're also going to get a direct comparison, also. Um, again. Oh um, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> they don't have a cage. They don't have well, a cage. Well, but. true, true. But we're going to see. Um, you know, this this should be easier then for them. Like, I think the cage makes it more difficult because they couldn't do all their flying shit. Um, you know, out the ring and everything like that. So. They, they, um, you know, last last time on pay per view, they fought the Young Bucks, and then this time to fight FTR. You know, the last time this happened, James, we got uh, the Bucks and uh, versus Kenny and Hangman, and then we got FTR <laughs> versus the Bucks versus Kenny and Hangman, right. and it didn't work out too well. So, right now, FTR is already behind the eight ball, uh, with that match of the year candidate just trying to keep pace with. So. We'll see, uh, FTR. But um, yeah, and also to be fair, like the look, I would say I would say to look at it from the perspective of instead of saying it needs to be like the blow off of a trilogy from uh, or that level for between Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros, I think it's more of a thinking along the lines of like this is their first big match between uh, Lucha Bros and FTR. So like this is step one. We shouldn't compare to the finale of one of the greatest you know trilogies in American pro wrestling history. Uh, so I, I am, I am not saying it has to be as good as that. I'm just saying like, it better damn well be as, as good as like the up, uh, the NXT takeover matches, uh, when it was up and running before they gutted, uh, the tag team division in 2019. So, um, we'll see, like, don't come out here with no damn four star match. A four star (laughs) match is great, but. Y'all talk too much shit, and people give y'all too much respect for y'all to only come out here and give us a four star match. I'm gonna ask where I'm gonna ask y'all where the other half star is. Yeah, you know where is that? You know, 
Um, so we've got Hikaru Shida. She defeated Serena Deeb for her 50th win. Uh, they had a hell of a match. Um, oh, yeah, this is great. They, uh, you know, this was uh, a lot of people saying this is the best uh, AW women's match since maybe double or nothing uh, with Rio and Serena Deeb. Uh, of course, last time played into this time a little bit, like as she was working on or Serena was working on that knee. Uh, they did a lot of like dope uh, reversals and counter exchanges, uh, doing some German, German suplexes, and she did hit an inverted slam. Um, there was uh, a part in the match, Serena Deeb tried to grab the 50 win plaque, and you know, but she already had it scouted. She was gonna hit her with it, but then she was like, nah, and the official took it away. After that, Serena poked Sheeta in the eye, and you thought it was over, and she got robbed again. But yeah, she went for the uh, <laughs> she went for the 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 Fukuken death double eye poke uh, inside cradle uh, s- smoke job on you, um, but yeah. it didn't work. Try to pull a quick one, um, and then you know Sheeta ended up getting that cradle uh, for the win, and then after the match, Serena grabbed a chair and beat. Uh, it over uh, Sheeta's leg. Aubrey just watching, not yeah. attempting to stop her at all. Right. Um, yeah. So, but besides that, this was very good. This is a great match. Um, you said this is like the best match since the Riho and um, Serena match from the pre-show of, I believe, what paper was that? Double or nothing. Okay, so I have not seen that. I, I People have, I've heard people say over and over it was a great match. Um, for me, the AEW matches I've seen uh, out of the women's division. This is one of the this was one of the greatest women's uh, matches in AEW, AEW history. This is I think it's the second best women's match this year in AEW. Um, the only other match I could think of that was better was um, the Lights Out match with uh, Sheeta, not Sheeta, um, Thunder Rosa and Britt. Is there is there a better match you can think of out of women's division this year for AEW? I think this is it. I think the second best match. I, I think there's that. There's Rio and Serena Deeb. Yeah. And I would have to look. Okay. Uh, it slips on mine at the moment. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. So. Ty Conti and Hikaru Shida had a pretty good match. If we're including the Japanese side of the women's bracket, then like uh, Asuka Vinny versus Emi Sakura. That would also be yeah. another one that'd be like in contention for the second best women's oh, match. Also, Rio and Serena Deeb won uh, the one that was in the tournament. So they had two matches. Um, what else we got? Um, I think so that might have been a level below uh, the ones we're talking about, but it's another great match. So we had Leo Rush and Dante Martin. They were backstage with Giovanni. Uh, they talked about Mike Seidel being hurt. So it's going to be Dante Martin versus Matt Seidel. Um, after that, uh, we had John Moxley against 10. They played this, this video showing 10. Uh, beating ass, talking about he's you know got the blessing from Brody Lee, and then he got fucking executed on live television. Um, this was like a violent squash that wasn't really like a squash. It was like yo, he just fucked this dude up like in minutes or whatever, and then it was over after that. Yeah, ripped like, his mask open. Yeah, like most great squash matches feel like this person's trying to like lay down, lay lay you down with something big, impressive to end it. Whereas this felt like Moxley could have beat him in 60 seconds or he could have beat him in 60 minutes. It didn't really, it just, it just, whenever he decided to lay, put his foot on him or, or pin him is whenever the match was going to end. Right. 
Right. Um, so Ten came here, got that got that that whooping. Mox continues to show more aggression. Bust um, that man's head, threw him into the post, ripped open I the mask. He started bl- uh, so he could uh, bust, ripped open the mask first, and then uh, threw him into the post so he could blade, and then whooped his ass. The mask is a white mask, so it's like a great visual of just a hope open mask while he's busted open. Um, and like it's all the brutality of Moxie fucking that dude up, and like as opposed to the you know. It, it's just a spot to do. So um, it was it was cool. Yeah. Short um, but cool. So he gets Orange Cassidy next week, and that's pr- going to be pretty interesting. <laughs> Looking at the dynamic that's at play now. So should he uh, have saved? <sighs> Is Orange Cassidy too over for Moxley to bust open? Um, I think. OC has bled before. No, no, no. I, I, in AEW, I mean, like, you just, like, someone comes out and he, he's getting, like, can someone lay an ass whoop on Orange Cassidy in AEW that's big enough to where, like, he's, like, in, left in a bloody heap? Would that work? Outside of, like, he's eventually going to get a win back. Like, he gets beaten. That's the end. I wouldn't execute Orange Cassidy in the same way they did 10. Well, personally. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I was I, I was thinking like if they had if they had saved that for Orange Cassidy as opposed to look it uh, would have got 10. it look it would have got everybody's attention I can say that and be like well, yeah like what what is what's what going, going on yeah, yeah. yeah so and, that matches Orange Cassidy Moxie that's next that's Wednesday right yeah okay and um you know maybe Mox is turning like I, a lot of people were talking about that so uh, he's looking real aggressive. So we'll see how it, how it all plays out. And also, like, Kingston's kind of got um, a little bit of something wrong with him right now, too. So I don't know. Maybe them boys might be turning together. I got I got a question for you. Um, like, I can, I can explain a way in AEW, like, obviously you have Kingston attacking Archer, you know, on top of the ramp um, before their match. And, like, you played it as, well, you go back to the Moxley feud, it's like, this dude isn't in his right mind when he thinks he has a chance to become the champion. Like he's a heel when he thinks he can become champion. Um, that's not the picture. He's that's he's back to being smiley, you know, not smiley babyface, but someone you can actually like. Um, but as far as Moxley, we say he's turned up the aggression now, and like people have been saying this, like that's actually a thing that's out there. Like people have noticed this, but for me, like he's been furious of late. Like it, yeah. it's been going on, like. Like all those promos he's been cutting backstage, like this has been going on for months. Yes. Um, however, but it is it is interesting. Like, it, when was Moxie not like had the aggression up? <laughs> like his like his his all of, all of his merch and shit is like the purveyor of violence. And then they'll talk about promos like we're going to give you beautiful, we're going to give you beautiful. Uh, oh, uh, ain't no beauty, disgusting, no, more. no beautiful, disgusting violence and whatever. I was like, what was the what was the promo he gave going into a uh, full gear with, with Omega, uh, the lights out match? Like he was saying, like I'm going to give y'all like the the violence that like is too hot for TV. Even even saying this shit is like day one AEW. So like when people say I'm gonna turn the violence and, and aggression, like I I agree is is it has been there of late, but. They don't necessarily have to give it to you right now because this man's whole gimmick has always been like, I'm here to bust heads. Nah, he's he's way more than normal. Like I agree. But I'm not what I'm saying is I'm not necessarily and, like and he, I, I don't like he was I, talking about like, you know, like 
like when he was doing those promos, he was taking shots at Hangman and uh, basically calling him bitches and shit like like that. And um, then you think about like that ladder match, and then when they're on top of that ladder, and this may not be That's like something Mark said, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, and you know they booed him when he was about to go up there, but Hangman they cheered. Like yeah. there's there's a Hangman Moxley feud staring us in the face, like yeah. around the corner. There is or whatever. There is. I'm saying. I'm just saying that like the 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 turning him heel isn't much of a switch like when John Moxley new like, opponents. like if and when John Moxley turns heel he's not going to act much different like his like he may you know he's going to you know do some dastardly things right like cuz that's the difference is like you got to be a dick but as far as his the way he handles himself whatever else like it's not going to be too like when he like in the, in the years in AEW over the next few years when he turns heel in the face between like you're gonna be like, oh, he's not that much. He's not that much a different guy. And like, I think it is like a very, um, I think it's uh, very interesting in comparison to other guys that like want to straddle that line in AEW, like to a far less successful level. That come out the tunnel. That come out of their own personal tunnel down the middle of the fucking uh, between the two hill in 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 us uh, in uh, babyface aisles, like. It like it's just amazing. Like there, there are people doing pro wrestling way better than the storyteller. It's interesting how that works. Um, I mean, we might as well get to that up up next. So Cody uh, cuts a promo, uh, came out with Arn Anderson, big booze, uh, and I'm not talking orange is a new black. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thought about big boo in a minute. <laughs> so. Cody oh, says, whether man. you believe it or not, I hear you. He's wearing all black. Um, <laughs> he said he hit the Tiger Driver 98 on Malachi Black before a brief moment. He thought about hitting a different move, alluding to the pedigree. Uh, he didn't do that because that's too easy. He asked the fans, don't, uh, you know, he said it's easy to acknowledge who, um, you know, built the bank or something. What did he say? I dude, I don't remember this promo. He, said, he essentially promo. said, he essentially said, "Don't forget the person who built this place." And I was like, "All right." Um, I, well, I think he said one of the people, not our. I don't know if he said he's the only one though. Uh, and he he started tossing his shoes in the crowd, which you know apparently he was wearing not heat um, from what people I was speaking <laughs> with. Um, so nobody wants those, those, those dusty ass shits, but, um, he's Cody said he debuted at 20. He said his wife is too hot for him and his brother is better than him. Uh, this gets big cheers. And he said, he'll never leave behind the cultural legacy of his father, dusty. And he said, I will not turn because I love you guys very much. And he turned to Arn Anderson and said, it was an honor to stand in the ring with him for shaking his hand. And, I thought this was half a good promo, and then the other half was like Cody trying to be too smart and fight through some shit that don't need to be fought through. Like, okay, so the good of the promo, him as a babyface saying gracious things, talking about his relationship with the crowd, um, and Cody has always been big on letting other people in his life tell or be parts of his story, right? Like whether it's Dustin, the Nightmare Family. Arn, um, you know, Brandy, uh, that was a big part of why he was over like he was going into that uh, that feud with Jericho at uh, full year 2019. Um, and, you know, they end up breaking uh, Dustin's arm um, in the part of the story. Um, 
so like when he talks about Arn and Brandy and, and Dustin, like that that ties in perfectly with the, with the good babyface stuff we've seen from over over the years um, in AEW. Um, the part for me that I just like I'm not in on this is him alluding to the pedigree in Triple H and like him him at trying to be real with us while telling us about how he he almost decided to do the move of a guy that politic backstage it to be like the tell the the the, the fill in the work uh, the fill in the character work of what he's trying to get accomplished and I'm thinking like bro why like leave Triple H alone leave the pedigree alone not because not because like leave WWE alone not saying that but it's like that's just lazy like stay away from that like we ironically know, we know he said it was lazy but yeah but bringing it up is what what was that in service of it was like oh by the way right like, i was gonna like you know this, i could you know i, I could take the easy way out and you know and back in politic with my evp level like that triple h guy and do his move and all that kind of shit you know and it's like that's just it's just lazy um like Triple H doesn't have competition with you. You have, a, or not a, oh, you, he doesn't have a weird thing with you. You have a weird thing with him. Like, the throne breaker thing and all that kind of stuff. Like, whatever, man. Like, I don't know what your thing is with Triple H, but it's, it's been the part is meta, meta stuff that you throw into uh, what's happening at AEW. And it's like, hey, bro, like, whatever thing you're doing here, cool, I guess. But, like, what the fuck does that have to do with, like, the fans booing the shit out of you and, like, Malachi Black and, like, that fuckery that happened at the end of the match of eight, you know, whatever. Like, I just... The other... So, like, there's a good there's good and bad with it. So, it's like, yeah, like, he's missing. He cut, he cut half a good promo. Um, the other stuff is more or less, like... Imagine if you're not... Imagine if you're just watching AEW. Imagine if you're, like, younger than Cody and, like, you're just watching AEW and you don't know any of this stuff. Like, I understand, like, most of this is, like, you're, you're playing to the hardcore fans that are in audience in AEW that makes up a, a great deal of their fan base. But, like, not everybody is going to be in tune to, like, to give a fuck or know that this is a Triple H thing. And, like, why and how that relates to you exactly. Like, I, eh? like that's, what I mean, that's what I mean by lazy. It's, like, you got to take a lot of leaps to, to get where he's going for it, in an AEW ring while he's cutting his promo. It's, like, this... This, if you want to cut that promo in WWE, okay, right, but like, that's the other promotion. Um, so and also like um, Uncle Paul's been trying to be Uncle Paul for like the last what fifteen or not fifteen, last what twelve years, not twelve years, ten years, eight years, eh, whatever. Like a lot of people's relationship with Triple H is not the same as it was like during the Reign of Terror. Um, it's still there, but a lot of people don't re- don't like don't even recognize what that was when he was out here like putting WCW in the fucking bin uh, for years. So, for me, well, eh. well, think about it from Cody's perspective, right? Like, I'm Dusty, a Martin who grew up on the 90s wrestling. No. Like, oh, okay. Dusty's his dad, right? Yeah. And the whole thing about, they always used to call... Was Dusty cutting promos on Luth- about Luthez? I don't recall. I seem to remember no. him just looking in the camera and giving his fucking heart. Like, I, like you know what I'm saying? No. Like, I'm like... Bro, I don't. What is this other? What is this other shit that I need to like go on you on Google for? Like, if I wasn't, if I, I can't had believe to, I'm about know? to defend Cody. Go for but, it. So, like, the relationship with Dusty 
and they used to call these NXT people Dusty's kids, uh-huh. but they had Dusty's actual kids, and they didn't give a fuck about them, right? Mm-hmm. And then the the way that people actually developed in NXT, all the people that you know have gone on to actually like do shit that their gimmicks and their their confidence in themselves and their abilities that shit came from Dusty, and you know while Triple H, you know goes out front as you know the the face of the brand and NXT and all that like you got to imagine Cody's looking at it like no nah, man this is this is Dusty this is Dusty's work but obviously Dusty's not going to be in front like that but i think there's i think there's just a lot of, of, so, of deep seated stuff w- with those guys so the deep seated stuff is, so now we're going further into the metaverse so now i'm supposed to feel for Cody because Enduring a collaborative effort between Triple H and Dusty and William Regal and whoever the fuck else, right? Some people were successful. Triple H puts over everybody involved in that project. Cody doesn't feel that Dusty gets enough credit. Therefore, he has to throw shots at uh, Triple H, who has been nothing but deferential to Dusty for the whole entire NXT run because he feels like his dad didn't get enough love. What does Triple H have to do with that? He didn't bury his, he didn't direct, you know what I'm saying? Like, but it's now being played out on AEW. Thanks for taking us further down the metro, down the metaverse. That's fun. Like, I don't have to, I don't feel like I should have to do this to watch a TV show or I have to go through this. Like, if you didn't know this stuff, like, you know, like we can all talk about this stuff, whatever else. If you're just watching the show, you're like, what the fuck is this? Who is he talking about? What movie was he talking about for? You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, you know, the AEW light is like, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. And if you care to go through all that stuff, it's like, you have to have a basic understanding of North American pro wrestling over the last 20 years to get what all this is. And it's like, that's, why are you giving people homework? Wrestling's not this new thing. It's like. not. <laughs> so. But the thing is, you gotta keep in mind, their demo, like, not everybody, there's like, there's a lot of teenagers, there's a lot of people in their, their 25 that are watching stuff. Not every 25-year-old knows about the, about the, about the politics of, or dirt, or the dirt cheek stuff, or whatever else. Like, for example, like, I just, I just find it all needless, and it doesn't serve purpose towards the story he's going towards. So it's like, you could have just 86 all of that, but I have to hear it, so thanks. Part I didn't like was when he was talking about the I won't turn stuff. That's also another like, thing. It's like, I'm just never going to turn heel. It's like, bro, like, you don't I'm like, say why that. are you? I was going to say, like, why are you saying what even a if turn you are? Is? Even if you are, why would you say that? Like, I like he could have said something like, I'm not going to turn my back on you guys. He could have said something like that. But like, he's just like, I won't turn. And it's like, but that's more meta stuff. I'm not going to turn in. Also, he, he means both things. I'm not going to turn heel. And I'm also not going to betray my relationship with you. Right. Like. It's, it's it two is, things. It's metaverse stuff, it, bro. It, it is a John Cena, Roman Reigns problem. And it's only going to get worse and uglier <laughs> as, as they try to just shoehorn him into these situations for these temporary pops, like what happened afterwards when Andrade comes out running them down and Pac comes out to save them and they're happy about Pac being there, just like they were happy about Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose being around Roman Reigns uh, for these fake pops. And it's just going to suck. And that's just one thing I don't think people want to deal with, like, or shouldn't have had to deal with it because he wants to 
go against the grain. Like he wants to create this tension or whatever that's around him. And it's, it's, it's fake. It's forced. It's like, we're, we're going to be living in this, in this situation where it's like, they keep putting this guy out there as this good guy. Right. And we want him to get the fuck off our TV most times because he's exhausting because he's run through all those angles because he can't, do um three matches out of 10 without bleeding like he's yeah yeah. like it's just way too much and and i'm just like why i I feel like the the con of pro wrestling right is that (laughs) like it's not real and then like you're exposing the part like the real part in front of us and saying you're not gonna do it everyone's agreed to play along right and like but yeah, like, you're deciding that doesn't exist anymore. Everybody that's watching television knows that the drama that they're watching is not real. They just want to be told a story. But Cody is forcing is forcing everybody to acknowledge that like acknowledge that what you're watching is fake in in like literally like thought up by like a number of people in a in a at, during a meeting during a writer's pitch or whatever else. It's like we already know that. Like we're trying to like get lost in the story, not be reminded of of what's going on. Like that, like that's what the commercial for to remind us that like this isn't a real thing. Like stop. Um, and like the further he keeps going into this, like the worst is going to be. Um, and like he was not doing this six months ago. He wasn't like. The closest he ever got was like you know breaking the throne or whatever else really. And you know he also had the promo where he talked about how you know. Him and CM or CM Punk smoke or pipe. I said smoke bomb. The pipe bomb is more you know relevant than any of the past promos and take the you know take the guys out back and shoot them or whatever. I'll stop worrying about yesteryear and like to an extent in regards to relating it to his brother saying he's gonna take out the old the, the, the old guard like that works perfectly fine. But then you get to a moment like here where like it doesn't actually tie into what he's actually what the story is with Malachi Black and for example and it's kind of like. Or, you know, also um, Andrade. And it's kind of like, bro, save that for next time. You're actually really going to need to use it. Um, I, like, I guess. Those, those dudes are just like, they're they're surrounding him. Like, As, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's on his own thing. And like, this is this is like the opponent he happens to be wrestling right now. And it's like. Right. Uh, he, it's just it's just not a good feeling right now around him watching his stuff. It's just not. Um and I'm not necessarily saying that like it's lacking in thought because I I think the thing is, is it has too much fucking thought going into it. Like it feels like he's a dude that's out here like triple pump faking. <laughs> like like he clearly is one of those guys that goes into the you know goes into the wrestling uh, wrestling sphere and reads what people were thinking about stuff, and now he's overthinking his instincts and questioning things. Like, that's what it smells like to me. I could be very well be wrong, but, like, it's, I'm speculating. But he, when the shit was going hot, he was not doing this to the extent. And this one was just kind of like, yo, I... Take the layup, Cody. Where are Take you? Take the layup. It's being handed to you on a platter, and you're settling for long twos that are but, contested right now. But, Rich, right he now. literally is telling you that, like, no, nah, that's the easy way. I'm yeah. not going to go Triple H route. Yeah, and, you know. Uh, then he mentioned like the title thing or whatever else in this thing. Jerry was like, "You like you so fool." Yeah, I'll break my covenant. And I was like, "Bro, like, 
I was like, bro, like that was your get that was your get out of jail free card if ever this babyface thing you went south and you needed to revamp, like you say, Yeah, remember that thing I did? Fuck that. I'm turning hill, I'm undoing it or whatever else, and then people be pissed with him, he can have his run with the title, he can go away, and then maybe two, three years from now he can re he can redeem himself and all that stuff what he did and people be, you know, whatever else. Like that now he's like just flaunting your fucking face. It's like it's like it's Bro, me. You're, he's you're, like it's me. You're Flaws telling and me all. this. You're you're you're, you're, <laughs> That's what you're like saying. you're, you're, you're waving all. it in my face and like this fake thing that I'm watching is fake and it's like, bro, like what? Why am I watching then? I know it's fake. Why the fuck are you reminding me? Yeah, man. It's um, it's it's like another exhausting week in the world of Cody. Yeah. Um. So Andrade came out. He said the difference between him and Cody is that. People don't like me or Cody, but the difference is I don't care. So Cody made stupid choices like getting in Andrade's business or getting that stupid tattoo. And uh, Andrade said he can make him his little beach. So I, I, I understood that in all languages. Um, the like, lights went out and now it's black. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Think about how that man went and said all that stuff. Andrade just comes out and points out how fucking stupid and worthless all that is in like in like thirty seconds. Like Andrade's <laughs> PR that week must have been like forty five. Just just immediately like, hey man, fuck out of here with that nonsense, man. You just wasting time. <clears throat> so it all ended up looking like um, uh, with a Pac save. So um, they uh, ended up facing off. It was Pac and Cody uh, facing off with Black and Andrade. So is that match official yet, or are we gonna have to wait until Wednesday to the, for them to make it official? They'll probably announce it next week. Yeah, so glad um, we can merge these two rivalries because we've got Cody and Andrade next week. Um, oh yeah, in a match as well. So um, after that, we had the main event, um, the Elite against the Dark Order, and man, I gotta say, mixed feelings on it. Um, there were like some storytelling things going on in this match, but even for me, it was too goofy. It was it, too goofy for Rich Lotta watching the Elite. Wow. It was too much. Like, especially especially in the context of, like, the world title scene happening right now. Um, they, like, it was over like a motherfucker in the building, um, but I was just watching it kind of just like I I really wanted a, a real match with with all those guys. Well they gave uh, you a real match I in mean, the last they gave us No 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 match, no no hold right? on. Well they gave you a real match. That's what the last six minutes of the match was for. Yeah. Like but I I wanted the full match. Like, you know, but right. there there were like uh like Kenny Omega and Cole things happening in the match. Um there were obviously we got the reveal of Hangman. He was dressed as uh, the Marshmallow Man or whatever the fuck that is. Everybody else seems to know what it is, but I don't. It's uh, the Marshmallow Man. I, I said the Pillsbury Doughboy, and everybody quickly corrected me because of Ghostbusters. I was like, okay, whatever. Like you know what I mean? Like I should just call the Michelin Man to piss more people off. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they came out with the Ghostbusters stuff. They've done Ghostbusters in New Japan before, but apparently it was going to be Squid Games. But TNC put the kibosh on that. Uh, I don't know if that's because it's a competing property or something like that. Probably it's on Netflix. Don't know. I haven't um, watched the game. Have no reference. <clears throat> just know that like it's a thing I keep seeing on 
uh, my timeline. Haven't gotten around to Squid Game. I, I it's on the list. Like uh, Captain America. Well, you Matt, I know this. Like for those that watch the Marvel nah, movies, don't. for those that watch the Marvel movies, like Captain America after he went into the ice and it came out after World War Two and showed up into present day. Like here were the list of all these like culturally culturally significant like pieces of media or content like whether it was like particular albums like Marvin Gaye albums or it was like TV shows like MASH or whatever else and um like I got a list similar of like TV shows I'm gonna get to is I've gotten around to it Squid Game's on the list with like a million other things so one day I got another kind of list we're not talking about that list right (laughs) we're not talking about that list um Um, so like in comparison to the match where the elite was dressed up like the Space Jam folks whatever I thought that one was miles ahead of this one because it was personally. it was and it was just like that was like the right level of them clowning and everything like that but it was uh, just you know that's also the difference between like elimination tags and one single fault tags uh with yeah. multi-people um like yeah this was not that level of match um and you know they they goofed around for two-thirds of it and tried really hard or tried kind of hard in the last third of it in um, that's what it was. Like, it was a Halloween match. They did a bunch of goofy shit. Um, you know, whatever it like, it, you know, it was a, it was a very good match. I didn't think it was great. I thought like last few minutes, like they were trying, like they were trying to, you know, steal a four and a half star match or match rating from Meltzer. And we'll, we'll see what he, Dave what didn't he, like it. What do you give it? Uh, I have to look that up. I just know that like when they do tag when they do uh, multi-person matches that involve comedy in it like they eventually do try and like it was an indie match that's what it was it was a it was a Saturday indie match in your town if if Saturday had been Halloween you would have got that you would have got goofiness or whatever else and they would have gave you like the last third last five six minutes of a match they would have tried really hard and you come away saying like they played around by the end they gave me a match I wanted but it wasn't you know some super awesome match I'm going to remember a month from now. And that's fine. Like, it was a main event. Like, it, you can't say it was a bad match at all because it wasn't. Um, and also, it tied into the Hangman thing. I saw it come from a mile away. I was like, I, I had sent it in early. I was like, the Pillbury Doughboy is uh, Hangman. And people would hit me with the, it's the, mar- it's the Marshmallow Man. And I was like, okay, whatever. You know what the fuck I mean. So, um, so Dave doesn't have a rating on it, but it has a 7.56 on cage match. Yeah, which means it'll get like four and a quarter from from Meltzer. Well, no, like he rated other matches. I don't think it hit his radar on. Ah, yeah, that he, is surprising. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, but yeah, they did the Hangman and Kenny stuff. They've got one more week to do some more on that. Uh, I Can they think- go face to face, please? I guess. Obviously, I, I, obviously, you don't control things, but I would like to see them go face to face for like. I don't think they've done it since they broke up, and like you know, say what they have to say to each other's face, and then have a pull apart, or you know, somebody says something or whatever else, somebody gets beat down or what? Who knows? But like, I would like them to go face face to say what they feel before they at least come to blows, um, before in the next two weeks. Yeah, I, I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out like what Kenny did so bad to this guy, aside from giving him the horseman style beatdown. Well, that besides already, that, they were already on different sides by that point in time. Yeah, besides, I, I'm gonna say like you know, I, feels like you know just a regular title defense for for Kenny in his perspective, but you know, I guess. Well, that's the well, thing. I, like so I much of this is I'm based not in, 
I'm, I'm not invested in like Heyman winning at all. Like he could fucking lose for all I care, but I think people would like go absolutely mental if he lost. I think he. I think they were hurt by the fact that like they really didn't do much with him, um, Hangman before the summer. Um, he was just hanging out when they could have, you know, like there was so, and there's still times so maybe they could still get to it, but like there were so many times where like him or Matt Jackson or or Kenny could have or said something more pointed towards like their thing and like. Uh, I think a lot of it was like felt like well we have enough so we don't need to go over it it's kind of like the way people talk about this thing is like this is some two year sprawling epic and I'm kind of like at points I'm with you over the duration of the of the two and a half years or so yeah like it's it is it is well told I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it's awful it's, it's well told but I, I don't feel like I'm coming to some epic clash of these two people with this is this huge long history, especially when like most of it was like Heyman was yearning for ha- for Cody or sorry uh, Kenny to be his real his, his his best buddy like his best man at his wedding when it's like now nah, we're friends just like I'm friends with everybody else it is like why is the baby face so fucking needy like <laughs> it's like I need you to tell me you I need to tell you that you're my best friend ever and all these other people are or can't be his close friend it's like. You ever you ever bake uh, wings, James? Chicken wings? Yes. Yeah, sure. So that's that's what I kind of feel like this feud is, right? Like you 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 cook the chicken wings in there for maybe like forty five minutes, fifty five minutes, or whatever, right? And then every so often you you put them in and you get them started, right? And then you you come back and you check, take a look, make sure they're not you know drying out or anything, and you know you check on it, and then you walk away, and then. You know, as further it goes, you, you check it out again. Yeah. And then I, I just feel like we're coming back to the point where we're pulling it out the oven. So it's like it's it's hot and the, or it's like, you know, up and down, like as far as like them. It's had appropriate updates to check, make sure that like this thing is on point And like when it comes out, like the food is going to be good, obviously. Right. Right. But it it if it doesn't have like the soul or like, you don't feel like their actual hate or their disgust or their emotion compared to like, say how much like John Moxley and Kenny Omega hate each other's fucking guts. Right. Or how much like uh Cody Rose and MJF hate each other's fucking guts. Like this is Moxley and like, Kingston. Like Mo- yeah, Moxley and Kingston. Like this is not like some super heated thing, even though they have all this time they put into it. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. Cause, um, I think there's a road towards reconciliation for, you know, Hangman with the Young Bucks or Hangman with um, Kenny down the road. So maybe they're saving it because it's like a five-year plan as opposed to a two-year plan, we're thinking. Who mm-hmm. knows? But um, it feels like for this to be their second match or whatever else, like, they're clearly on opposite sides. Um, they clear Hangman still clearly feels a way about this dude, Kenny at one point seemed to feel like he, had, he felt a way about him, but now it seems more like he's just a, any, he could be any other guy um, that he's facing it. Uh, so it's, we'll see. Like they got two weeks to kind of, you know, put a bow on this for this chapter of it. Um, so I'm not ready to, just, I'm not going to kill it. Cause not, not even if this was all they had, like, I still think like they've done a lot of interesting and really good stuff. 
uh, narrative. Like they'd have a killer like, video package. Yeah, still. They'd, they, they'd, they'd figure it yeah. out. But like right now, at the time, at, at, at as of recording right now, like it doesn't feel. This does not feel like as hot as going into the the exploding barbed wire death match. It just don't. Um, you know, and I don't know how much of that is because you know Hangman. Um, went on a paternity leave or whatever, how much is, you know, the other additions and change the math on all this stuff, who knows? Because um, it's obviously ever-evolving, and I'm trying to cut um, them slack that I that I would for a booker given, you know, the logistics of how putting all these pieces into place. Um, so, I'll, 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 you know, I'll it's very good, but, like, Given the amount of effort you they put into it, compared to other things they've done in AEW, like you were expecting, like an all time great wrestling story, and I'm not quite there on that yet. I think a lot of people are there, which is like good for them, I, think, I yeah. guess. But I, yeah, <laughs> like, like, and I think the thing main the main thing for me is like with a protagonist as like character wise speaking for himself, so we, as weak as Hangman's been, like I just can't. I, I can't put my mind right. I can't put my mind with them. Like I can see, like they went to plot point A, B, C, D. Like you go down and you write up the story of like all the all the actual things going to happen to make all this stuff come to place. And you're like, yeah, that's real good. That's real good. Uh, the content of it. Once you say like, all right, like the promo is involved. Uh, that's in the character involved and like how much people like love these people because of where they are. Like, eh, I'm I'm kind of left cold on that part. And maybe that's a me thing. That could very well be, a, or a us thing in the story. That could very well be just be us, because like we don't really rock with Hangman as far as like like that dude ain't John Moxley. That dude ain't Co- two not two thousand nineteen Cody. He's not, and people are acting like he is, and I'm just like, I'm looking I, around I think, like, am I, I, I am I missing something here? I think people are gonna. I've said it on the show before. Like it's gonna be a rude awakening when he has the championship, and then like, and this is how Ring of Honor ironically was back in the day, like. The, no, the number one guy won't have the championship, right? Or someone that's like in, in a conversation for the number one guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's all the dope shit's going to be going on outside the title picture. And mm-hmm. then it's going to... I, 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 I'm calling Then you have people want to argue with people in the crowd about like complaining oh, about like, why is Marty Scroll and Dalton Castle main eventing over uh, Cody and, and uh, Kenny Omega. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, man, it's like uh, Bruce in the comments says it's like people saying, "Rich, your wings are good because they really like you." Not that the wings are that good. Like, <laughs> good point, Bruce. Um, but yeah, man, I yeah, because like let's let's take a look at, at what Kenny's got lined up potentially after dropping the belt. There's there's the the implosion of the super click. Like, and Adam Cole is like right there. Um, him and Brian Danielson is right there again. I mean, I'll just say those two things. Like, that's all I really need. I mean, they still got Christian to go back to at, at, at a certain point, right? If they want to go to that. Um, they got the Jungle Boy thing. Um, even, though, you know, Jungle Boy and Hang, or sorry, Jungle Boy and Omega. Like, yeah. Like, I can see what Kenny, I already know, or I have an idea of what Kenny Omega's next, like, nine, six to nine months is going face. to be after this, right? <laughs> right. Based off, of, you know, because you had the callous thing at play in Super Click. Like, you could clearly tell. I know what Kenny Omega is going to be doing for the next six to nine months. I know what he's going to be doing. I have a rough idea of what Heyman's going to be doing. Like I see, I can see Omega. I, I'm sorry, not me. After Omega, I can see like 
I can see Miro, Moxley. I can see Moxley. I can see Bryanson for a one, you know, as a, he gets his first title shot and he sends Bryanson away or whatever else to try to show you like he is really the top guy in this, in this promotion, which is, I, I find hilarious. But um, yeah, like, yeah, there's stuff for him to do, but I'm just like, is any of it like main event, uh, AEW pay-per-view level stuff? And I'm kind of like, mm, maybe, unless the Danielson and Hill Moxley that it would have to be Moxley and Danielson saving, and he'd be the champion after this long conquest. Still be the B side of his of his uh, main event feuds, and I'm kind of like, all right, that's like what y'all want it. Like they're gonna have to like be like re- you remember like when when I would talk about like all right when Roman Reigns will win the title, they're feeding like niggas on a conveyor belt to him, like. <laughs> Like where it's like it don't matter. We gonna give him AJ Styles. We gonna give him Seth Rollins. We gonna give him whoever. And that's that's what they gonna have to do with Heyman. Like if they gonna be putting like if it's like if they really want him to be number one. Right? If they want him to succeed, they need to put, they need to turn Moxley Hill, and then they need to have him with Bryan sitting over the next two pay per views after like Revolution and Double Nothing to be his dude, uh, opponents. Like his next two opponents is in the title match. If, if yeah. they really. If they're really, after investing all this into him, where the story of the company more or less has been him, if they want to succeed at the highest level, like like we talk about with um, Utami, right? Like mm-hmm. that would be the way to go. We'll see how it goes. I hope Any, that's. I hope that's what they go with. That, anything less than that, and I don't know. Like, because anything I don't less than he, he should be main eventing. Like I don't think he's going to get a CM Punk match. Um, I don't think so either. And MJF, how long is he going to be circling? Probably not that long. Right, I think he'd be champion by the summer. He could. Um, MJ does PR says Kenny Omega is going to be saving New Japan Pro Wrestling again. He's going to be busy in all caps. Oh, <laughs> uh, what well, well, can hope? One we'll can hope he goes. appears at we'll Wrestle see how Kingdom. that goes. I'd like that. Um, but yeah, man. Yeah. Um, so speaking of Brian Danielson, he opened up Rampage in a match with Eddie Kingston, and my fucking god, I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Big fight feel. Uh, I thought Kingston was great. There was somebody who shall remain nameless who was who was sending me messages saying, you know, Eddie Kingston's not a great worker. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> and I, I let it intentionally lie there until this match aired because I heard about the reputation of this match. And um, I don't know, man. It, uh, Brian Nelson didn't wrestle himself uh, it, it, on that night. Um, the first half of this match, I want to say, I just felt like they were just in there just trading, um, just trading, uh, exchanging, you know, strikes. And I was kind of like, okay, it's good. And then by the time they went out on the floor and they did the, um, the suplex on the floor, they end up back in the ring and they're fighting at the top of the ring. And then, um, Bryanson ends up getting, you know, his, his top rope, uh, back superplex. I was just like, okay, we're here now. And then it kept going and it, and it got more physical. Brian's chest got redder and redder. And then like they saved that spinning, that big spinning back fist for Br- Brian. I think the thing that was holding me back on the match was like, yeah, Brian's not getting hit hard. Like, like Brian's not getting hit hard, but, uh, Except for chops to the chest, and like obviously chops to the chest fucking suck, but you know, like the kind of wrestling we watch, as much as we watch it, kind of you can get numb to that kind of stuff, right? So, um, 
once he hit him with that back, that, yeah, that Urkin, I was like, okay. And, and then they went from there, and the match didn't go much longer after that. But, like, uh, for me, th- I thought this match built incredibly well. Um, I thought this is like a four and a quarter, four and three quarter type things. Or, sorry, four and, I'm sorry, four and a third type thing where, like, I can see people giving this four and a half. I give it um, four and a half. Yeah. So, like for me, I, I thought I thought it built really well. I thought it told a good story. I just think the thing for me was just like it didn't it k- didn't kick into where I felt like it, I felt like I didn't get a four and a half star match for the entirety of the match. I felt like I got a four and a half star match after they built towards it, like you know tr- you know a match kind of like a Bret Hart match or whatever. So kind of like it's good, it's good, it's really good, it's really good, it's great. This is fucking awesome. The end, like that. That's how I felt. Like I was, I didn't feel like I, I was watching like the last, you know, like a ten minute Okada stretch or like fifteen minute Okada stretch. He's like, "This is some of the best ring I've ever seen in my life," and it's been going on for like, damn, he's been at, <laughs> he's been at it since the twenty minute mark. <laughs> like so, um, so yeah, for me, I, I I thought it was a great match, and um, just another one where like, and you know me, I'm I'm a I I think with Kingston, I think I think he doesn't have much versatility as a um. As far as offense, um, but one thing he does uh, very well is he is a he is for the selling he does he is very good at it. Like I think, I think for some people it can kind of be eh, like uh, like selling concussion and cut selling being days and out on your feet. I think he I think he kind of he can over rely on that, but it depends on how much you like him doing that. Like I think there's at times where, eh, but like. I think he's, I think, like, for what the match told, that he is, like, he's in there with someone better than him, and he's fighting back or whatever else, but he, he so the only thing he really has is size advantage, but, like, the skill advantage and whatever else, like, I thought it was, I thought it was really good. I thought it was damn good. Um, Like, I could see a lot of people thinking, feeling like this is one of their best, favorite AEW matches of the year. I could really see that. Um, But I, I can't wait to get off air so I can figure out who this was, because I'm pretty sure I know who it was. Oh yeah, it's not. It can't be that much of a mystery. But, Any um, chance it was somebody that you attended a pay per view with this year? Yes. Ah, so he saw two great mat, two great fucking matches, and still say, "I don't know how good work he is." Okay. All right. Rhymes with Lave. Look, rhymes rhymes with Lave Janelle. Like, <laughs> like. So I just, I just, you know, he has this thing. Like, he is a body guy. He he doesn't know he's a body guy. He's a body guy. Like he blew, he he made, he judged everybody through the, the prism of, well, Vince pushed this guy. If not, I, because of the body, I then I I don't think he has charisma. And I'm like, bro, your body it has nothing to do with your charisma. Like your body is your body. Like how well you wrestle, how well you sell, how well you connect with your fans is that's that's you know how well you tell stories. That's like that's the stuff. Like you know, like because yeah. you know remember like he wasn't an Ambrose person either. And I don't know, I don't know where he is on that either. I haven't talked to him in a minute, but like, you know, I, I'd hate to be the person to be like, nah, Ambrose, never, nah, never. And don't then like, and then he has like these last two years or relatively three years. Cause it's kind of like, you're just wrong. He was wrong as hell. <laughs> he was wrong as fuck. <laughs> you want to add pack? You. Look, hey, you want to add pack to that? <laughs> well, that one was like, you knew, cause he was like, he has no personality. He's not a good promo. And it's like, okay. I mean, you want to go on YouTube? Like, that's just one where it's like, you're just wrong, bro. Like that's what I, that might be the reason why um we don't have the like y'all have the banter where he trolls you back and forth. I don't do that with him because I'd be like, oh, oh yeah, that's how you feel. That's funny, and I just leave it at that. And I think he's probably like, 
damn, I don't, I give him this, I throw him out there to give him the bait. James don't really take the bait. I can't really, I can't get my, I can't get my rocks off on him like that. So I leave him alone. That might be what it is. But shout out to Finishell. He needs to be on the show. We haven't had him on in a minute. Yeah. Um, we uh, then had Eddie Kingston uh, cutting off a CM Punk promo. Wow, it is 11.11 p.m. on 11.1 right now. My God, special time. And you are locked in on One Nation Radio. You're in the Twitch chat. Um, but <laughs> but um, he runs into CM Punk, and he's angry and upset. And then Punk throws a shot at him, and it looks like we're off to Kingston and Punk land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sign me up. Yeah. Um, sorry, Finishell. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, he finna, like he finna give you a week where you just got a or a, a two two matches in like um, a three week span or two week span where he's like, nah, bro, you just wrong. There's two shining examples saying that like the thing you the thing that you feel just wrong. Yeah, man. Um, I I think I had heard someone on the internet say we're this close. To a CM Punk and Brian Danielson versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston tag team match, which would be, That'd be awesome. quite fun. Um, but yeah, I, I think people have been wanting Punk to really get into something uh, high level, and uh, this I think should satisfy that a bit, uh, especially like when you know someone's going to go on the mic with him that has no fear of him, and he's not just going to be able to do the tricks on. So. Um, well, yes, but like you know, he always has you know. CM Punk always has the trump card. It's like, yeah, bro, be somebody, <laughs> <laughs> be somebody worth a damn this promotion. <laughs> Can't do it. Okay, see you. Uh, see you next week. See you next Wednesday or sorry, uh, Saturday. So uh, after that, we got uh, Matt Seidel and uh, Dante Martin, and it was graduation time uh, for for Dante. After two matches against Matt Seidel and the third one, got the dub. Uh, Leo Rush is managing ringside. This was another awesome Matt Seidel Friday night performance. Put it with his one against CM Punk. He's been – he's not been the um, the the fly-off-the-page athlete that he once was, but, like, there were times in this match where he hit the gas button and he was just, like, moving so fast, running back and forth and exploding. It was like – He's got all the explosion. He's great still to this yeah. day. Um, yeah. uh, and Dante Martin just like, you know, looking like, you know, he's ready to be used in the video game. <laughs> yeah, you're saying you can't wait to play with the video game. I was like, bro, like the motion capture, like. He's going to have to do his own he, spots. Yeah. Like who the fuck's going to mocap Dante Martin? Like it's it, he's. um. This match is great. And I think that what made the match work so well with the crowd was the fact that like it was so much different from the f- absolute bat or from the battle that um, um, Bryanson and Kingston was. So like it was a variety that got you. And like this match you're watching is like this is super indie flippy do match if you will or whatever you want to call it. But it was awesome. And um, like I'm sure like it's long overdue in saying this, and I'm not saying I'm profound in this, but like Dante Martin is the next Ricochet at Will Ospreay. Yeah, uh, I think that's been a word going on around yeah. for him. Like um, he, I mean, I, I mean, I have to go he, back to watch. He's stealing his world champion. Like by the time he's like twenty four, and he continues to uh, really get it done in the gym. I already see the size on him as compared to when he um, started showing up here last year. He's already gained it. 
Um, I think, I think four years from now, you're talking about like best worker in the world level that he could graduate to. Um, I think he will have to double dip in other promotions to have that to his, uh, to be able to challenge for that. Like, I think he's going to have to, you know, get his ass on the plane and be in best super juniors in, in a G1 to, to be able to just yeah. flat out say that. But yeah, like that's kind of where this is headed. That's kind of where this is headed with him. Like he's that level of ridiculous flyer that can do, there's nothing he can't do when it, when he wants to like involves leaving your feet. Um, and you know, Obviously, you know, in an American promotion, that means different things and what that means you can you can do um, as far as like star ability or whatever else. But he's going to be one of them ones. <laughs> he just is. And um, it's like, going to be fun. And, like, I wonder camp right now, like, I'm like, hey, I would have him in promo boot camp right <laughs> now. Like when you get to the building, like you're going to see. Dustin, you're going to see Cody, you're going to see Jericho, and you're going to see Moxley, you're Kingston. going to like you get you have to check in with all these people and then you <laughs> then and then you meet up with like Mark Henry at the end of the day or something mm. and be like, all right, so what'd you learn? Like <laughs> so every fucking week. He's 20, right? Yes. So that's the funny thing is like when um and it, it's very similar when we talk about like uh Mama Nazumi, how like Rossi, you know. Like he, you know, it's funny because this year, early the beginning of the year, like or not beginning of the year, like before midsummer, like in the spring, um, early summer, he was talking about how like he envisions uh, Kamatani, Hameka, Micah, and Tommy as like the golden generation to stardom, right? And I was like, that's interesting because like you had you had an ace in training in Momo who's younger than all four of them, <laughs> and then you got a Zumi too, right? Um, and like. When MJF comes up with the four pillars thing or whatever, I was like, that's a that's a really cool, you know, example. It is like But Dante's twenty. <laughs> <laughs> like like He's gonna get y'all out of there. Yeah. Like all that shit as far as like you'll guarantee like, you know, this is the idea of what the guaranteed future of the of, you know, a promotion is gonna be. If you got somebody underneath them bubbling at a certain level, like all bets are off. Like, not th- this shit might not be guaranteed to those four. Like, I think, you know, I think, um, you know, um, I think Darby and MJF are made men wherever, you know, r- r- whatever happens. There's nothing is going to be big enough of barring, like, you know, Roman Reigns showed up in AEW to change their course, you know, the next few years. Um, so, th- so they're fine. But, like, if I was, if I'm Jungle Boy, uh, and I'm Sammy, and I'm oh. seeing Dante Martin doing what they do, I'm like, Head, head on the uh, swivel. Yeah. Head, head on yeah, the swivel. It might like, not be as sweet as you thought it was going to be. Like, also, send them to promo boot camp, too. Like, you know. Like, Jungle Boy, look, Jungle Boy, like, Sammy, Sammy um, is a, as a promo. I think Sammy's fine. Sam, like, Sammy's fine as a promo. I think he relies too much on saying he's going to beat somebody's ass while he's doing all these flips, but whatever. Um, But, like, Jungle Boy ain't, 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 ain't got enough you know, promo and charisma stuff to say he's just going to automatically just out, just take a place in front of Dante Martin. And I'm not saying as far as uh jungle, like jungle boy is going to be a great rush for a long time to go, uh, to go uh, or to come barring injury health or health, uh, good health. But like, as far as he's definitely going to be a main event level person, AEW, 
I don't think it's a definite. I think it's a maybe because there's a motherfucker like Dante Martin on his ass to make sure that like <laughs> if, oh, you, you're if, if you want to slap if you yeah if you want to fuck off if you want to your spot will be taken my guy. Um, yeah, so yeah, like, that's kind of where I'm on Dante. He's he's incredible. He he's awesome. Just yeah, awesome. I I I think he's gonna be the AEW champion one day. And what is it? 2021. I would I would say. At least by 2024, it could happen. Um, there's a lot of guys to get through, but there's a lot of um, like you ever hear like the phrase like uh, this is my field that I survey. There's plenty of opportunity uh, for, for Dodson Martin to wrestle against Adam Cole, Andrade, Malachi Black, all these guys that are going to graduate him up the ranks like mm-hmm. that. He's just going to get better. And then when they're like your Danielsons and Kenny is like the guys that are 40 now are going to be the guys that are 40 when Malachi brought, or excuse me, when fucking Dante Martin's coming into his prime, like it's going to be, it's going to be gracious when, uh, when, when, uh, Dante develops and I don't want to leave his brother out, but, um, I would, I, I definitely want to see their tag team get that get the oh, fucking belts. like they're they're lots for definite like future tag team champs like obviously we think lucha you know um i'm sorry um jurassic express are featured world tag champs but like so are so are the martins yep so uh and with leo rush there that's gonna be they're gonna have a opportunity to do some cool things too i can't so. wait for leo rush dante martin match cheats like whenever that is whether it's six months from now not from now, that's gonna be fucking awesome that's yeah. gonna be a blast you know what else is gonna be awesome james what when you hit the music! Yeah, so Stardom has a pay per view this week, the Kawasaki Super Wars. Uh, so I they had two. Up. Yeah, so they have two. They had two shows over the weekend. Um, the Saturday show was up. Uh, I have not watched it yet, but they did a press conference for this uh, like days after the Osaka Joe Hall show. So like we can talk about uh, the build to that in the card. So do you have the card up, Rich? I do have the card. Uh, our preview is actually on. I'm pulling it from Voices of Wrestling. So oh, shout okay. out to Scott E. Scott Edwards. Yeah, so um that match or sorry, that show um has had its card lineup rejiggered uh of in recent uh like in the last either today or yesterday. So they they've moved the card placement to make it better. Uh, I believe the opening match is the future startup match between uh Roaka and Lady C, correct? Um we have yes. Um, well, before that, there's my Sakurai and Waka. Oh, that's a dark. Then, that's a that's a dark. Sh- that would be on like YouTube as a dark match. But yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah, Rock on Lady C. Yeah. So this is Lady C's first singles match on pay per view. Um, this is her chance to get her second career win in stardom, which I don't think she will be getting. But you can see the growth that she's had in the you know eleven months or almost a year uh, since her debut. Like her, actually, her, her debut may have been, um, 
she's almost she's almost at her one year anniversary. Like she's like a week or two away. So it's been a lot of growth. Like she, when she came in, she was rotten. And now at this point, like you put her in there with someone good, like she will ha- she will have a good match. Um, I think the first time I started to notice that was when they put her um, on one of the uh, Stardom show matches that were on one of the in- New Japan uh, shows over the summer, and like it was like a three and a quarter star match, and you're just like, wow, like I would have never even thought of putting her in this. I that would have been too big a risk for me to you know send someone out there and embarrass themselves potentially, but. She got it done, and like her her movement is more fluid. She's more confident. You can see her instincts imp- uh, just rapidly improved. Um, so like, I expect to see a at least a decent match out of this. I know it's Ruaka, but um, I think like given you know, um, what Ruaka can uh, can do in the ring, I think they have a nice little match for an opener for a pay per view. The choke slam. Uh, we'll see if uh, Lady C can hit that. I don't think she's gonna be successful. I'm going to pit Ruaka to win. They're going to let her, I think, do some heel shenanigans stuff to hold on to the belt for a little bit. Yeah, and I think, you know, like, she just, Lacey's only won one match ever, so, like, it's okay for her to chase after the future belt. It's fine. Like, she has literally two years of eligibility <coughs> um, with this thing. L- unless they change the rules. I mean, they, what, they going to make it to four years now? <laughs> do it by any means necessary Uh, okay so second match on the card uh the only uh tag league match on here uh the you know the uh i don't even know what to call them what what do you call the team of saki and dev rich i don't know if you had a name a nickname for them or funny nickname for them yet i don't know yeah i i don't i don't remember i don't think i did yeah uh, okay, so uh, I believe in the words of Greg, uh, death in the in the in the loser emo girl <laughs> versus uh, the Hannon sisters, Rena and Hannon uh, should be a nice little funny comedy match. Have the kids on there with uh, with the adults have and adults go out there and you know do their thing. This should be a okay match with a bunch of comedy involved. Obviously, the the singer should win in this uh, particular uh, scenario. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go with death. Um, I, Shocker. I yeah, <laughs> no one else I find interesting in this. So, um, yeah, death time. Okay, so uh, a mashup match: Himapoi versus Mayu and Kaguma. Um, this should be a very good match. Uh, I expect Kaguma to get pinned in this, but given the interactions in the, because uh, all four of them were in the uh, red block, um, I think this should be a very good match. Like, Nasapoy and Mayu have great chemistry. Um, and you have Former high speed wrestler. Yes. Know. Yes. Uh, so, like, you know, with, with three high speed or three, three wrestlers with high speed in their bag and Hameka as a very good tag wrestler, I expect a very good match either. Maybe even potentially great, but, you know, early on the card, we'll see how much time this gets, but depending on how much time it gets, it's going to be very good for what it is, for whatever Sh- much time to get. Shout out to Koguma. <laughs> okay, so, now we get to the real. High speed match. Starlight Kid versus Momo Watanabe. Oh, boy. Um, we got some comments from, from the kid. Yes, uh, she she last week to go uh, at the press conference um, a couple weeks ago. Starlight Kid, the heel, wanted to offer a title match uh, to 
Momo because the match was already made as a, on being on the card, but she wanted to up the stakes and make it a, a high-speed title match. Momo hasn't wrestled in high-speed division since she tore her knee back in 2017. Or different in, uh, yeah, 2000, it's maybe, 2000, maybe late 2016, can't remember. But anyway, um, she was she had no interest in it. Um, she's been chasing, you know, former white belt champion, been chasing after the red belt for a year now. Um, or maybe maybe longer, and uh, Starlight Kid, you know, talks some shit and go to uh, Mumbo into wanting to beat our Starlight Kid so badly that she made it a match. She said that uh, Starlight Kid says on the lines of like, "I have the quote here." Go ahead. Said Momo totally lacks ambition and self-assertiveness. She's the leader of QQ, but she never creates a stir nor generates publicity. What a bore. She can't even express herself unless she gets provoked and loses her temper. And again, she fell for the same trick. Yeah, so that's what happened. Uh the the words that she said to Momo to go to her into it was saying, like, hey, um if you are if you are ducking a, a challenge or a chance of my belt, you're ducking me. And, uh, and she, you know, insults her and said, like, are you even a leader of QQ anymore, given the success that uh, Utami's had and Kamatani's had? And um, you could make arguments that, like, they would also they would also track Azumi in front of her. Um, I can't wait till somebody Mumble says snaps. that. I can't wait till somebody says that to Naito. <laughs> are you even the leader of LIJ anymore? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, um, well, I mean, at this point. I don't even know. You have to say Shingo, right? Because he's the only one to actually stay healthy in uh, Lij. That uh, that is at the top of the card. Um, Zach immediately in the comments. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, like Momo snapped and she said, "Like, hey, I'm gonna beat the shit out of you. I'm gonna take your little stupid belt and I'm like, I'm gonna beat you for it. And I'm gonna hand it right back because I don't care about you. But I just want to whoop your ass." And she played into it. She fell for booby trap. And we'll see how this match goes. Like Momo and Starlight Kid have great chemistry. Um, I think the worst match I've seen them have with each other uh, in a single s- situation, like three and a half stars, and it was like the opener of the Cinderella tournament in 2020. Like they're awesome together; just they're just incredible. So, um, next match after that uh, is where we start getting the, the heavyweight. You know, we start putting the kids to bed. In the words of Mark Jackson, uh, <laughs> yeah, SWA and uh, contract defense match between um, Shuri whoa, whoa, and Azumi. Before we get that, before we get that, there's a fatal four way on here too. Oh, I'm sorry, fatal four way is not is no longer a fatal four way. It is a um, okay. So let's see where you are on here. I yeah, think that match did that match get pulled? Did it? Did it? Okay, so obviously it wasn't a fatal four anymore because Kagumi or Kaguma, uh, Konami is hurt, uh, or not hurt, but she's still okay. dealing with inter- enteritis. So, uh, but on this list on Stardom.com, I do not see the. I last I saw it was a it was moved to a, from a four way to a three way between uh, Micah, Mina, and Kamatani. Right. Yep. Yeah. So I think that match is going to happen earlier on the, or in like the la- first half of the show. I don't see where it's at on here, but um, I'm assuming that's where they put it. Um, but that match is going to be really good. And okay, I see where it is. It's actually before the uh, the tag match. Okay. Yeah, like the picture didn't load up, but it's I, I see the writing. It's uh is so uh it is going to be the the third match on the card. So um. Kamatani, Micah, and Mina. The Mina. Yeah. Um, 
before it was a throwaway, I thought it was going to be a, I had to be an excellent match depending on how much time it got. Um, I still think that even with Konami out of it, uh, because of the chemistry between Kamatani and Micah, um, Mina, like, as, um, coming in to be a third part of a triple threat match and probably the person to take the pin, um, I think it, I think they're going to have a really good match. Um, not, Probably not a threat for four stars, but a, definitely a match is going to be like could get three and a half in like eight minutes, something like that. I am um, going to take Saya. Um, time to start heating up. I, the, okay, so all I only thing I know about this match is Mike is not going to get pinned. Okay, uh, she is the next title challenger for the red belt, uh, presumably at the. Um, Tokyo Super Wars in um on the twenty eighth. So, um, I just I'm pretty sure she's not. I don't know if she's going to win. I don't know if she's not. But I'm I will bet on it, whoever gets pinned. It will not be her. I don't know yet, but you know, um, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but I expect a really good match. Um, so uh, yeah, back to where we're talking about um the six match SWA defense and also. Um, uh, the contract uh for the title shot at uh um Osaka, not Osaka Joe, Sumo Hall on the 29th of December. Uh, Shuri versus Azumi. Um, they have wrestled. They've had three singles matches. Azumi has won two of them, both of them in the Grand Prix from the last two years. Um, they have great chemistry. All they know is four and four and a quarter when they wrestle each other. So um, they probably have more time now. This might be this might be the time for Azumi to get her second singles four and a half star match. Um, I think that's kind of where we're at. I think this is time for her to show that like the kind of talent that she is on the main event level. Um, I think a lot of people think that she might just be like a one trick pony as a high speed wrestler, but she clearly has gears to her game. Um, and I want to see it over a fifteen minute you know span on a big show like this. And this is like the perfect place to put her like. We all know she's going to lose. We're under no illusions. Like, the real thing is, like, can she get one or two pin attempts in this match where you think that, like, Shuri is going to fuck off Sumo Hall? Yeah, uh, this should be incredible, uh, quite frankly. they These two work well together. Um, they've, I believe, had two different matches this year. Yes, this year, um, yes. They had one in February, uh, Valentine's Day weekend, and then they had one in the, in the Grand Prix. Yeah, biggest match of Azumi's career. She's going to be looking to step up big time. I think Shuri is um, eager to get back out there. It's been a while since she's been able to really compete at a high level since the Grand Prix was over. You know, last month she kind of had that quick match uh, she did with, with Saki where she made Saki look semi-believable. Um, yeah, but th- this is going to be awesome. I can't wait. I have missed seeing big match Shuri. Yeah, um, and then, you know, uh, after this, you know, you wonder the 29th at, at uh, I'm sorry, the 28th, or will it be the Osaka uh, pay-per-view in mid-December whenever they come back to the Konami match, whenever Konami is healthy, but, um, you know, she now at this point, she's been out of she, her last match like a month ago, she got to kind of knock off some rust before she goes to, into a big match like that probably and get her win back, so... We'll see if and when um, that Shuri uh, F or um, FUW or FWU match or whatever or FUW match 
uh, comes back because like I still want to see that whenever they get to it. Um, semi main event white belt match Tam versus Unagi. Um, what kind of match would be a success for this match? What what level of star rating would this match be a success, Rich? I'll say a four star match. I think Unagi can do that. I'm thinking like three and three quarters. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm picking this one. And like, I I can't help myself at this point. Like, they, they have fucked us on how many big shows in a row. I'm picking this going to a draw. What? Unagi going 30 minutes sounds like a terrible idea. I don't know if it's going 30, but is that the, the length for all their title matches? All their, all their title matches is 30. Except for Man, the Futures that, that, Belt, we, we got to pick a draw somewhere on this show. God damn it! Here you go. Well, you I would, if that's the case, then I go the main. I would pick the main event if anything for to go to a draw. But, um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I, know, something, something going to a draw. Yeah, I think. Um, I think this might. I think you might get a. Mm, I think this might go like 13, 14 minutes, and uh, Tam puts her away in. The idea is to get is to start trying to track Unagi into the Kamatani um Mika level on the on like I think that's where they're trying to put where they're trying to place her. Um the way that this has been going down ever since honestly, like the summer. Um like I don't know, like if it, it feels like they have picked they have cho- clearly chosen to go with Unagi over Mina, even though I think Mina is a is a better worker at this point, but um, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. Like this is the biggest match of Unai's career. Um, Tam obviously that's her that's her young girl. Uh, so we'll, we'll they're definitely going to try to have a great match. Um, I just wonder. Um, I just wonder what this match is going to end up like because I feel like they're going to lean more towards trying to tell a story of a under of a underdog working with Neve type of thing, and we'll see how that goes. Um. Zach says Eel is going to take a potter or two to help kill that time. Could be. Could be. Um, so, the main event. Red, Red Belt match. Utami versus Suzuki. Um, this is a match they, it's just like, they threw out there. They put, they gave Kaguma, I'm sorry, they gave um, Suzuki the win over Kaguma at, uh, a couple weeks ago. And they're doing this and they're trying to capitalize on the fact that they have another main event level wrestler uh, at their disposal to use. And I guess you throw in a cycle now early and then you have her build towards a, another um, title challenge, you know, um, in the spring or maybe the summer of next year. But um, uh, I wonder where Hazuki is in her in in you know, her her uh, her comeback level. Like if she was if this is 2019 Hazuki. I'd be like, go ahead and just pistol into four and a half. Um, but, you know, she was gone for two years. Uh, she's been back for, at this point, uh, her first match back was October. She, you know, came back uh, late August. Um, so that's more like another month of training. We'll see where she is. Like, I don't think this gonna match is going to go like 20 minutes. But I, you know, I given the skills that are still on display from Hazuki, um, I think the only thing I'm really concerned about is her wind. Uh, so we'll see where this goes. But like, this is definitely gonna be a great match. Like, I have no concerns about them putting on a great match because it's those two. Utami is sending Hazuki back to the bodega. <laughs> Do you want to explain that joke to the people that don't know? 
<laughs> so um Suzuki, while she wasn't wrestling, if I have this right, I think I do. Like she was working at a convenience store. Yeah. Okay. So um I heard the tickets were a little light um for what what was uh for the for this show here and then you know i'm just saying i'm picking utami to win so I'm saying man you gotta send send huzuki back to the bodega after this mm. uh yeah um I, that, this shit was funny uh <laughs> this shit was funny um i think the thing for me is um we all know going to this match it like this is just nothing to add another V to the to the list for Utami. Uh, the main thing is to get um, Hazuki up and running as this is this is you know one of the best wrestlers in the world um, that retired two years ago. So uh, I, I think it's a big thing that she comes out here, she has a great match, and she loses, and then she can um, kind of you know cycle herself back into another uh, situation um, in the next few months. But like give people the idea to know where she is in like the pecking order of stardom. Um, so I think it's a big deal that she got this match in this early on. She can kind of like, you know, she loses. No one's going to look at her crazy if she comes out here and she, you know, puts scores, drops 40. So, um, I'm interested to see, like, you know, I'm interested to see where she is, uh, compared to 2019 when she retired. I really am because if she's 2019 level again, um, and she will be, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out how, how long is it going to take her to get to that level? But if she gets the fast, she gets to it. The fast, she like gets back to doing some super hot shit in the ring with people in like, you know, she could be a faction leader and all that kind of stuff. She's that level of talent. She's great. Uh, so, um, you know, for a car that they built over what uh, three weeks more or less or whatever else they built her three weeks. Like, this is a really uh, on the low a loaded card given you know the SWA match and the you know high speed match that they souped up. Um, so like. You're going to get quality matches up and down this card. Um, I, there's nothing, there's no match I see in particular that I think is going to pop and be like a, you know, a Joshi match of the year type thing. But uh, just, just off the strength of it just being there. But um, you're definitely going to, you definitely have like two matches that are uh, threats for four and a half between the Shuri and um, the Shuri and Azumi and the um, Utami and Hazuki. And like, you know, if this was a different, um, situation like I think Kid and Momo could have a, could go for four and a half stars. I just think that it's too down, far down the card to get the time to do that. Yeah, MJ does PR says Hazuki's out here serving breakfast Sammies. Yeah, ba- yeah, bacon and eggs. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's Cal- that's your Kawasaki Super Wars preview. Um, I did forget I in a in an attempt to pop james with my hit the music line i forgot to discuss abaddon and Britt baker oh, uh, that that main event uh there so like i was like under the impression that we were getting like one of the worst matches like i've ever seen it was just regular bad um <laughs> for me uh this was not seth rollins versus the fiend or anything but um this is what i'll say <laughs> If not for them tasks getting brought out, we were headed there. Like, cause that, like, them table, the, the table saying fuck you both times to them was like, the this is fucking hilarious. Like, it was at a point where, like, it was at the point, at that point where that match was, like, that bad and the shit was happening. I was like, bro, like, anything, like, the ring's liable to collapse with the luck they're having right now. Like, the match is going bad. They try hard, but the match isn't good or the match is bad. And then the table's fucking with them. And I was like, yo, what's next? And then, you know, they start doing uh, the, the tax stuff and, 
that got them to to some level of just respectable bad, but still bad nonetheless. And um, whatever, like that's that's what they got. Yeah. Um, there's also um, yeah, like you said, I'm never gonna forget Britt Baker doing tax against Abaddon. Britt Baker proving how much she loves us to punish herself on top of being punished by wrestling Abaddon. Yeah. Um, I also got one more thing. Uh, I'm going to turn the lights out for this one on the stream here. I'm going to look directly in the camera right now. All y'all sickos that are, that are <laughs> on Twitter losing your goddamn minds over Abaddon. And the zombie butt. That's right. The zombie butt. I saw you. I will not forget it. It is in your search history. If we pull up your accounts, if you type in Abaddon and Thick on Twitter, you will find numerous gentlemen and ladies, too, not knowing how to act. I don't want to disparage the young lady. I don't want to say anything bad about her. She's been working hard to, you know, improve her physique because when she came in, she looked quite different. But y'all some sickos. And I just hope y'all know that right here. I see you. Acting like this is Tony Storm. Acting like this is Naomi. Acting like this is Jay Cargill. I am watching. Christ is watching. That's it. You in the show. I'm done. I I got nothing for you. I I'm not touching that. I'm not transitioning from that. You you said that. Leave me alone. You close the show. You mentioned you mentioned uh the drops for uh you mentioned the drops for Red Circle. You mentioned PWT. Uh, pro wrestling tees, and then you mention all the other shows, and then you close off on this. I'm, I'm putting my mic on you. I need all y'all to show. clip that. I need all y'all to clip that. Christ is watching. Yes. Um, yeah. So, uh, if you guys feel moved, uh, make sure you donate to support the show. However, you need to do so. Uh, buy some merch. Hit us on the red circle. Uh, hit us on a Twitch. Whatever you got to do. Um, check out the rest of the shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Of course, One Nation Radio, um, uh, keeping it strong style. Um, Wednesdays, uh, Grown Men Watch This Shit, Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Uh, shout out to All Things Elite. Make sure you check that show out as well. Um, I, and and uh, we got Grave Consequences as well. And starting up soon, we have the AEW Match Guy podcast with Sam Brown. Um, I believe we also have uh, Great Match Generator. It may be going on hiatus. So, um, but yeah, you know, One H Radio holding it down as always. Uh, we'll holler at y'all next time. Uh, do the clips. Don't miss the the, the live streams because you never know what you're gonna get. I might just look in the camera and, and, and make sure that you feel me. You know. Uh, but yeah, that'll wrap it up. Well, I'll let y'all. <laughs>